Hey, happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you were able to celebrate and stuff your faces in front of family and friends. And, you know, there's these Friendsgivings that everybody's doing these days. It seems to be the, the hip thing to do where you sort of decide, ah, you know, I'm kind of sick of my family or, or I want to do something more with my friends and we all get together. Because, you know, let's let's face it, some of these family outings can be very awkward. I had a very awkward experience recently during a Thanksgiving and I'm almost too bashful to mention it on this podcast. So perhaps you were privy to one of those glorious moments as well. And perhaps you can have a chuckle about it later on afterwards or after the fact, or maybe you won't. Hey, welcome in. It is Locked on Bruins. It's a Friday. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. I do have an email. It is LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. And I don't ask for favors at all, really. I'm not one of those people, but if there's one thing that you would not mind doing, if you haven't done yet, is hit that subscribe button, because what that does is it allows the people that oversee all of this to say, hey, Brian knows what he's talking about, or at least he pretends to know what he's talking about. And so with that, let's jump right into what I want to discuss, what I want to postulate about on this episode, and obviously on Saturday... The Bruins are going to wrap up their season on the football field against Cal. No chance for UCLA to make a bowl game. The best they can finish is 5-7. and seven. And with Cal coming to town, I'm going to, as is customary, the day before a game, I'm going to give you my keys to the game. I've pointed out three things that the Bruins need to do on the football field against the Bears. If they accomplish all three of those tasks, they are guaranteed to win according to me, whatever the heck that means. But while we do want to highlight football, I feel it very important that we spend a bulk of the time on this episode looking back at how our basketball team did over their trip in Maui. Obviously, we just took part earlier this week in the Maui Invitational. We had three games. And, you know, there were some positives to glean from that. There were also some negatives. But I think all in all... When you look at the the competition that we played against, you know, you know what they say, you know, the stiffer the competition, the harder your opponent is, the more you reveal about yourself as a team. Because, you know, look, how many of these these teams take on a very light non-conference schedule? You look at their record and it's like 11 and0 or 10 and one going into conference play, and you look, Oh, wow, that's impressive. But then all you do is you look at their calendar and you look at what they've had to play and beat and it's like, you know, no offense to like, you know, Sam Houston State or, or all, all those kind of schools, but it's just, you know, the wins are not quality wins, particularly if you're trying to stack your pedigree for, you know, for the NCAA tournament. And, and again, the Bruins are a long way from getting there. But I do feel like as this team is still young and trying to kind of feel itself out, if you will, the 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 record right now, which is five and three, might not be as aesthetically pleasing. But I think in the long run, it's actually going to pay off because as I first want to start out by talking about the, the last game they played, which was on Wednesday, and they fell to Michigan State and this is the second year in a row where the Bruins have taken on the Spartans, but I got to tell you, it was a well-improved look of UCLA this go-around against the Spartans. Prince Ali, after the game, this time around on Wednesday, he said, 
we actually had a chance throughout this game. And then he pointed out that the year prior, when they played the Spartans, that the, ba- the game was basically over after the first seven minutes. And I think that if you watched that, you would have understood that UCLA had no chance. They were completely run out of the building. And while no coach, and at least not Mick Cronin, is one who gloats over moral victories, as a fan, you have to at least be a little bit encouraged by the progression of this team. Because now Michigan State is currently ranked, or they were this week, number three in the country. And so they had a lot of just upper echelon talent. And... To, for us to in that first in that first half, I should say, lead the game, and and I think the most important thing to take out of of what we could have learned from playing Michigan State on that final game of the Maui Invitational for us, the Bruins, was that our toughness still needs some work. the The grit and just the feistiness, the tenacity that. Tom Izzo, the head coach of the Spartans, has instituted in his team, who has made the Spartans program so successful. He's got a national championship, and I believe he's got eight or nine final four appearance, final four appearances. And it's basically the the way he directs and runs his program is the envy of Mick Cronin and what he wants to try to do one day. But what Tom Izzo said when taking on and and after beating the Bruins in this game on Wednesday, he said they're on the cusp of something really good. He talked about their toughness and that give them time and they're going to be someone that is going to, to really run things on the West Coast. But as far as this first half, I was very encouraged. We did a great job of instituting and enforcing our will over the Spartans. This Michigan State team is one that likes to run up and down the floor. They like to push the pace. They like to hit threes in transition. And for the most part, they were kept out of their comfort zone until I would say like the first, the last four to three minutes of the first half when we started jacking up threes and ill-advised shots and not getting to the bucket. And it seemed like Michigan State was able to capitalize and, and once again get back to what they like to do and run the floor and, and get easy buckets in, in fast break situations and knock down threes. But I'd say the first 16 minutes, this was a UCLA game that they could have won. And I I have to say that while it's not a full 40 minutes, they, they were able to match the Spartans on the boards they were able to get really strong play out of Jaime Jaquez. And I've just been so impressed with this guy. I mean, he's just a freshman. And in just a couple moments, I'm going to tell you what Prince Ali said about Jaime. But Jaime was out there getting himself deflections. He was intercepting passes. He was prolonging possessions, you know, tapping balls out to his teammates, from an offensive rebound perspective, this guy was everything for what helped the Bruins stay in this game the first 16 minutes. And they they really limited tough shots, or they, they limited easy buckets or, or chances for the Spartans. And the game, if I'm not mistaken, the, the halftime score was 26-23. to 23. 
This is what Mick Cronin loves to do. You know, he loves to trim possessions. He loves to slow down the game, use all of the clock, and the Bruins were able to do that. You know, they had zero, count it, zero fast break points. And listening to Jay Billis on the call for this game, he said, yeah, well, Mick Cronin does like to, you know, value a possession and work on half-court execution and not always you know, take the first best shot, but really kind of look at all options and milk the clock, he would say that as the guys get a little bit more acclimated to Mick Cronin and what he's trying to accomplish, that they will run up and down the floor a little bit. Maybe not to the level of Michigan State and the way they want to push tempo, but still I think we're still in the the beginning stages of this developmental process that Mick Cronin is trying to enact for this basketball team. I talked about Prince Ali. And he said he was very impressed with Jaime, not only in this game, but from day one when he entered the program. And he said he's been impressed with Jaime just by the fact that this guy is just exuding toughness and hard work. And that Mick Cronin, in the end, is trying to find a lineup of five guys on the floor that feast on contact. They're not afraid to just lay out dive for the ball, and do whatever it takes as far as toughness. And that's something that you say, ah, you can't really teach it, but because it's inherent in a player. And I think that if anything, and if any coach can try to change the mentality of this team from being one where it's a little, I don't know, uncomfortable really grinding out games, to being really just a, a tenacious force, being more of a of a force on the the rebounding, on the boards and offensive rebounds. I think that this is a great sign that the toughness that this team needs to to win out. Because I, I'm not the first one to say this. If you're going to win games in the Pac-12 for UCLA, and there are a lot of improved teams in this conference, you're going to win some grinders. Like, you're going to have to, you're, you know, the, the, right now the shooting is not great for UCLA. And so they're going to have to, you know, just battle on the boards, box out, and, and get their body and sacrifice their bodies out there. And this was not a, we didn't really see a lot of that. You know, diving for loose balls and, you know, not being shy of contact. We did not see a lot of that last year. And so here you are trying to change the culture you're trying to change the mentality of how guys are going into games and how do you match toe-for-toe toe these opponents who are really willing to impose their wrath and their physicality on you. I think that the only chance you have until the, the shooting gets better and, and all that, that you have got to not back down to teams that want to push you around the block. And I think that a problem for UCLA in years past is they have been a little bit too, I don't know, queasy to contact and have, have been, I don't want to say afraid of contact, but this that wasn't their style. It was kind of more like a finesse team. But you can't win like that right now, and Mick Cronin is making that very clear. The Bruins are now 5-3 and three on the season. And we're going to talk more about my observations of them coming up next. 
I got to say, from all the years I have covering sports and working in television in Memphis and Spokane to now in radio in Los Angeles, of all the teams that I've covered, I've never seen a coach quite command a room like Mick Cronin. Whatever he says, you just kind of feel gravitated towards listening. He really does keep your attention span. And so during the postgame press conference, after the loss to Michigan State on Wednesday, Mick Cronin said that the key takeaways from that game were the guys got to play with their heart more. That, he said, is 75% of winning. He, he pointed out a lot of misses from three-point territory in this game against Michigan State. And I got to say, yeah, I mean, you, 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 what happened was they brought Jake Kyman in. And I don't want to blame Jake Kyman for the loss, but the game was tight. And then Jake Kyman started bricking a couple threes and Michigan State got some long rebounds and then they were able to to punish the Bruins from those misses and score on the other end so the problem was that throughout this game the Bruins could not match what the Spartans were doing from three-point territory and that was a key component of this game as well Mick Cronin said how in the world are you supposed to win a game when you shoot just two for 15 from three-point territory. So that was a, a key downfall for the Bruins. And look, this is not the first time that lap, lopsidedness and that inability to knock down the three has once again showed itself in a game. So it's going to be interesting to see what adjustments the Bruins make. I, I did not see a lot of David Singleton in this game, and, and I'm not sure why. I think that you could have really improved the three-point percentage with getting him some more minutes. Um, Cronin was very happy about the play of Jaime Jaquez. He played 35 minutes in this game, and he said nobody out there works harder on this court and on this floor on our team than what Jaime is doing. And what was interesting to note is that the players have said that Jaime, even as a freshman, is not bashful from or not afraid to call out teammates when they're not giving all of their effort. And I think that's fantastic to hold players accountable like that and to do it as a freshman and for players to listen to you. I mean, I think that's a great recipe for success. We didn't see a lot of Sharif O'Neal in this game, and that's what I was I was wondering why. And then Mick Cronin said, well, he's not quite physical yet. And... Kenny Nuaba, who the Bruins have decided to redshirt this year, there was some qualms about doing that because Mick Cronin said we could have used his physicality in a game like Michigan State. But in the end, it really did come down to how well is this team going to compete physically? You know, that's that's what Mick Cronin was reiterating. A lot of high praise for Jaime. Cody Riley played pretty well. Very impressed with him. And... I'm just wondering, and I know this was pointed out in the broadcast as well, the Bruins were a little bit tardy in their post-entry passes. Like, why wait so long to get the ball to Cody Riley? Because he's shown that he's very much improved. His footwork is great. He's got nice touch around the rim. And, you know, he can basically work with both hands. He's a lefty, but he, he can really finish nicely with a right hand around the cup. So there was a, a little hesitation there when they were working their half-court sets to feed the ball or, or wait a little bit longer into the shot clock to get it to him. And maybe that's something that they look into is getting it to him earlier. 
because he had a, had, a, had a great tournament. I was not impressed or I, I could expect better of, and I know Jalen Hill would have as well from his output in this game. He had a couple bu buckets late against Michigan State. But he's one of those guys who's obviously learning to match the toughness of some of these more experienced and, and very much gritty teams like Michigan State and learning how to handle himself along the block. You know, I, I think that Jalen Hill has done a great work in retooling his body and making him stronger. So it shouldn't take him too long to come into that mindset of like, hey, I, I've just got to be tougher. I just have to win 50-50 balls. I just have to make sure my man does not get that rebound from me, and I got to stand my ground around the cup. And so I think that he he's on his way to doing that. But again, the Bruins had plenty of chances. They they allowed Michigan State to make four of their last six shots in this in the first half after the Spartans went five of eighteen to start, but it was a a 10-2 run in the second half to begin. Bruins got into bad habits once again. They were taking some poor shots, low percentage, cont contested jump shots. And I got to say, throughout this, though, Jaime Jaquez just, he never gave up. Didn't matter the margin. Didn't matter how bad the team was losing. He was in there creating deflections and keeping possessions alive. And he showed his versatility on offense. Had a couple nice drives and jump stops and finishes around the cup in the lane. So that was really encouraging. And the the problem was the interior defense was just too strong for Michigan State. They still outmanned UCLA. And that should not be an issue moving forward because the Bruins had the size to match the Spartans. And, you know, you had Xavier Tillman... And he was really a feast. He was able to really feast in the lane for the Spartans. But they were able to really make it hard to score in the lane. Eight blocks in this game for the Spartans. And UCLA in that second half, they got it to within nine. But they could not get it any closer. And Cassius Winston was incredible once again. Guys were talking about that this guy has the NBA in his future. And I can see that as well. And he was a great shooter. He, he was a great facilitator. Scored a lot of buckets. And there were some mismatches inside that the Spartans were able to use to their advantage. At, at times, you had much smaller guys guarding bigs. And Michigan State's going to just feast on those opportunities. All right. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to discuss some football. I'm going to give you my keys to the game as to how UCLA can win against Cal on Saturday. But first, I want to introduce you to something that, you know, it's a weekend, and, and why not treat yourself and stay in? Treat yourself to, to what you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. All right, I teased this earlier in the show. This is my signature work, and I say that with a hint of sarcasm, but my keys to the game here for 
our football team as they battle it out with Cal at the Rose Bowl on Saturday for senior night. And, of course, UCLA is trying to finish the season 5-7 and seven and have no hopes of making a bowl game this year. But what is there to play for? Obviously, you want to win for the seniors. You want guys like Joshua Kelly, who have meant so much to this program, to finish on a high note. And hopefully this gives some juice and some momentum or just some good vibes towards the next season by finishing off this season with, with a win. And my keys to the game, and let's get right into it as far as my keys to the game. Chase Garber is the quarterback for Cal. This guy is the ultimate difference maker for Cal when he's in the game. He, as you might know, this guy has been injured a lot this season. When he has been out, it's, this team can't win. Or they, they, they are one and five. So when he plays in a game at least two quarters, Cal is five and zero. Oh, and I mentioned this earlier in the week. When he misses games or cannot play at least two quarters in a game, the Bears are one and five. So that's a pretty steep difference with him in and without him in the game. And he did come back last week against Stanford, played really well, had 72 yards on the ground which led the team in rushing, by the way. And so you can't, my first key here is you can't let Chase Garbers flee the pocket. He's a pretty good passer, and he was very impressive with some of his throws against Stanford late in the fourth quarter. But you can't let him escape the pocket. That has got to be the number one focus for the Bruins here. If they want to get that Cal offense off the field, and you know, trim down their ability to to score. Second one here is Joshua Kelly needs to get back to his ways. Got to get him at least 100 yards on the ground. He had I think 45 yards against USC last week. Had a touchdown. Time to once again feed Joshua Kelly the rock. He gets over 100 yards. That's going to open up the passing game, and obviously those two play off of each other. The last one is this. I want to see a takeaway from our secondary. Our secondary got humbled, to say the least, last week against USC. They gave up, I think it was 515 yards passing against USC and their quarterback, Keaton Slovis. I don't think that Cal is going to score or put up that much in terms of offense because they're more of a defensive team and they take a lot more pride on the defensive side of the ball with their quarterback on defense, i.e. Evan Weaver. But if you can at least force one takeaway from our secondary that has drawn, you know, a lot of heat from giving up a lot of big plays and chunk plays, yeah, it would be nice to avoid some of those chunk plays. But let's get a takeaway. Let's get an interception. You know, I think that could have, and I know, cliche to say that oh something is momentum based or not but just the fact that if the defense can show us that they can handle things on their side and get a stop but more importantly get at least one takeaway that could do wonders I think for the morale of the Bruins in this game and could actually energize our offense because once they see oh look at our defense doing things well now Let's get it on. You know, let's 
turn things up on our side of things and let's play and win this ball game. And I hope we win. I think this is huge. To, just just for the guys that are coming back, I think just to finish with that win would be humongous. I don't think you can understate how important that is, even though we won't make a bowl game. But again, I think a win like this is is huge for recruiting as well. And yeah, let's we'll have it all broken down for you on Monday as we hope to get that win. We'll talk to you on Monday. Appreciate you guys and your time on Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley.